This is the Diamond Hogs Podcast with Mason Choate and Robert Stewart. Welcome to the Diamond Hogs Podcast, your favorite Razorback baseball podcast, the premier Razorback baseball podcast. I'm Mason Choate. I am your host. I will be your guide on this adventure through Arkansas's weekend series sweep over Auburn. And I have Robert Stewart Jr. with me. It's been a while since we've done that one, huh? Robert it Stewart has- it has been a while. That's uh, breaking that one out from a few years ago. <laughs> yes. I have Robert Stewart Jr. with me. We're going to talk about it. Uh, a very, very impressive win over an Auburn team that I don't really think we know exactly what they are yet. Uh, but what we do know is we know what Arkansas is so far, and you can only judge a team based off the competition they've played. And I think that this Arkansas team has something going. I really do. What are they, 18-2 and two now, 13 in a row? This, this team is playing at a very high level. Uh, you know, it was the SEC SEC opening weekend. You get the sweep. What is that, three straight sweeps now? And, you, and you've won 13 in a row? Auburn, Louisiana Tech, Wright State. Yeah, that's three. Yeah, very impressive baseball from Arkansas. So we're going to break it down. Uh, we're definitely going to talk about the pitching because they changed the starting rotation. Uh, Cody Adcock. How about some Cody Adcock, man? What a performance by him on Sunday. I'm excited to talk about that one. Uh, Now, here's the thing, folks. Here's the thing. Old Mason here was covering basketball for definitely Saturday. So I I was able to watch the game on Saturday. Uh, You know, Will McIntyre did well. You know, I watched bits and pieces. Friday, I watched bits and pieces. But here's the thing. I'm having a I'm having to balance everything and I'm trying my best, you know. I'm trying my best to watch so I can talk about it here on the podcast. And you know, I, I wouldn't record this podcast if I didn't feel like I was capable of doing that. But, you know, Robert is there. You know, you're the baseball guy. You're the baseball boy at hogbeat.com, H A W G B E A T dot com. I'm the managing editor. Sometimes I gotta do stuff that is not baseball related. But Robert's the baseball boy. You're there. That, that is the cool thing about hogbeat.com. You know, rain, shine, uh, basketball, March Madness, spring football, whatever. Hogbeat will always have somebody at Baumwalker Stadium if the Razorbacks are playing baseball. So, Absolutely. You, know, you should that's you should definitely subscribe to our website. Is the point. Also, just, just throw it out there. Put it in the back of your head for later. We're definitely talking about Tennessee getting swept by Missouri. There's no chance that we're not going to talk about that. So, you know, for the people who enjoy the fact that, um, you know, I I don't hate Tennessee fans. I just really don't like them. And Tennessee fans really don't like me. So it's always fun to, you know, just sit here and talk about it because I know they're not going to listen to our podcast. They'll see my tweets, but they won't listen to our podcast. So, you know, I can just kind of do whatever I want. And, you know, maybe maybe someone clips something and puts it online and I get screwed. But, you know, we're going to talk about it. So let's start with Friday. Uh, Hunter Holland, man. Hunter Holland gets to start on Friday. Didn't expect it going into it. Then we find out on Thursday that Hagan Smith is not going to start. He's going to be your wild card. Hunter Holland's going to start on Friday. Will McIntyre's going to start on Saturday. And then TBA on Sunday. So we'll get to Saturday, Sunday, but let's start with Friday's game. Robert, your takeaways. Yeah, I mean, Hunter Holland, how about setting the tone on, on Friday with the first of three quality starts on the weekend? I mean, that was... You know, we we heard from Dave Van Horn during the week that you know Hunter likes pitching on short rest, and you know I would I would say he does because he he didn't have that uh, that struggle of a first inning that we're that we've become accustomed 
to seeing. Um, I mean, he had a he had another huge double play, which I think marks the second straight week. Could be wrong about that one, but um, no, I'm not wrong. This is the second straight week with the first inning double play. So I, I really think that's the that's the key for him to get out of it. Um, you know, a solo shot there in the third, not going to kill him. A couple singles, sack fly in the fourth, no problem because uh, Arkansas hung a five spot on him in the fourth. Uh, you know, I you talk about takeaways. It's that it's that Arkansas is able to hang a crooked number just about whenever they want to. And uh, Auburn was very, very susceptible to that this weekend, I would say. Uh, yeah, no, the, the way I look at this Arkansas team and this this was something that was asked about on on Sunday was, I mean, how many big hits do they get, man? I mean, you think about it, there were what, three, three run hits on uh, this weekend. Um, this team has so many guys up and down the lineup that can get a big hit at any point. I feel like there's really only one or two, you know, maybe a third spot here and there where you you don't feel confident that, you know, that particular guy can drive in three runs with any given swing. But that also means that there's like six or seven guys that can do that. And this, this, this is a lineup that I feel like we knew going into the season, they were going to, you know, they were going to have, uh, guys who could hit the ball really well. And you're seeing that with a, a Jared Wagner, you know, a Brady Slavens, Peyton Stove all times. Jace Borfin has been a great surprise. Um, I think we knew he was going to be good. He's better than what we thought. That's absolutely true. Uh, a guy that we really expected to be really good who isn't playing, Caleb Cowley. Like, that's a guy that you were expecting. But, I mean, Harold Cole, ladies and gentlemen, you're starting third baseman, right? Harold, I mean, he has to be. He's he's fielding a thousand. You know, many people are saying he's fielding a thousand. This is this is very impressive. But you know, going back to the to the three run hits, you know, like we, I, I failed to mention how they scored those five runs. Brady Slavens hit a ball forty degrees in the air, and because it was so windy, it left the yard. Like the 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 wind this weekend at Bomb was crazy. Um, Not and, you I mean, know the, the weather was awful. Oh yeah, not definitely not SEC opening weekend March weather. What are we doing here? I I I I originally put on short sleeves to go to the ballpark, and then I checked my weather app and it was thirty two degrees. That uh, that would have been a very bad choice. Not cool. It's not cool. Not cool. You you know where you know where it won't be cool next week? Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge. <laughs> I'm very excited about that if I can go. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we gotta we gotta get that locked down. Anyway, um, but you talked about the big hits. You know, they they're they're able to to produce. It seems like anytime they want. You know, the it it's the patience that's that's helping them out at the plate too. You know, Jared Jared Wagner alluded to it on Sunday. You know, guys guys will take their walks. They're not shy about taking their walks. And I mean, Brady Slavens, that that home run in the fourth was only the second hit of the game. You know, he he took advantage of walks to Stovall and Wagner and and. He, he took the pitcher deep for, for a three-run shot. So, you know, it's it's a matter of guys doing their jobs at the plate. Uh, as Peyton Stovall likes to say, not trying to do too much, you know, take their walks and set the table for, for these other guys who have, you know, just as powerful, if not more powerful bats. Correct me if I'm wrong, and I, I'm looking at the stats right here. Every every player in the Arkansas lineup reached base on Friday, correct? It, it looks, that is correct. It looks to be the case. So – yeah, no, I, I like Harold Cole. Uh, you know, I mentioned him. You you went and talked about some other things, but I like Harold Cole, man. Um, I think the guy is swinging the bat. 
and he he's fielding the ball great at third base. Um, Dave Van Horn said that it looks like he's played third base his whole life. Uh, I I guess he's a better third baseman than a shortstop at this point. But the 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 fact of the matter is, is they've been looking for an everyday third baseman. I don't know if you can say that he's nailed down the job, but I think that he's done everything he could to say, hey, this is my job. I need to be in the lineup. And we knew it was a matter of time with him, right? I feel like we've, we've been saying all season long, like it's only a matter of time until Harold Cole gets his shot, gets in the lineup, and then doesn't leave. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, you know, we, we brought this up on, on Friday with, with, you know, how we think the lineup needs to play out. And I, I still think a, a healthy Caleb Callie uh, is, is your starting third baseman just based on what he can do, what we know he can do. We haven't seen it really yet, but um, yeah, I mean, they got to figure out what's going on with his elbow because uh, I, I, I'd certainly like to see Caleb Callie back in the lineup just, just because I know he can hit 430 foot bombs, but Harold Cole has, has admirably filled in. I mean, he's, you know, like even, even when he's not getting balls to fall, which it seems like is really often, I mean, he's hitting them a hundred miles an hour or close to it or over it. I mean, the the guy knows how to barrel up a baseball. Um, I mean, just looking at it throughout the weekend, two walks and a run on Friday. Uh, he had a hit and an RBI on Saturday. He was one for four, and then another one for four performance Sunday with a, a two run knock to make it five to nothing. So, uh, I mean, Harold Cole, like you said, he's he is really doing everything he can to uh, to make sure Dave Van Horn doesn't you know keep him off the lineup card. Yeah, I guess I should have clarified the whole Caleb Cowie thing because it's not – I guess it's not general knowledge that he's dealing with the elbow issue. So um, that is something that, you know, we don't really know a whole lot about. We don't know how serious it could be. Uh, apparently it's serious enough to keep him out of the lineup for basically a week, right? I mean, it, uh, we don't know how long it's going to be. So, But you're right, Caleb Cowley, you know, Kendall Diggs, most pure hitter he's ever seen is Caleb Cowley. So – if that's the case, then that of course that's someone you want in the lineup. But fact of the matter is, you know Hunter Holland, QS, and then you had the lineup. Everybody gets on base, and then the wild card comes in. So I wasn't a, I I didn't watch the wild card, but I, I want you to tell me what you thought of Hagen Smith coming in for three innings of relief on Friday. Uh, you know Hagen Smith throughout his his several starts to start this season. Um. You know, it feels like the the story has been walks and strikeouts, and you know it didn't really matter that he was coming out of the pen. That was the case once again. Uh, he had a couple couple of one out walks, but it was not really a big deal because he sandwiched them with strikeouts and then got a four three ground out to to end that threat there in the seventh. And then he goes one two three in the eighth, one two three in the ninth, picks up what three more strikeouts. So he finished his day with five strikeouts in three innings. Um, and you know he. I feel like 44 pitches in three innings for him is really good considering, you know, the, the way his past few starts have, have begun. So, uh, you know, if he can, if he can do that, you know, it's not going to happen week in and week out, but uh, if he can do that with any degree of regularity, then, you know, it, it's, it gives him a chance to, to throw on Sunday uh, like he did this weekend against Auburn. Hagan Smith sitting with a 1.17 ERA, by the way. That'll um, play. That that'll play. He's got a three and O record and a save as well. Um, I mean, what more do you want from that guy? The, let me ask you this, Robert, because somebody presented this question to me uh, via Twitter, the the tweeter machine. 
if it was a a rubber match on Sunday. So of course Arkansas went with Cody Adcock. That decision was made. I guess we don't know when the decision was made, but Cody found out he was going to start on Saturday after the game. Um, but if it was a rubber match, do you think they go with Adcock or do you think that uh, Hagen Smith, who threw 44 pitches on Friday night, gets the start on Sunday? If you're talking about this weekend in particular, like before you see that Cody Adcock's capable of six shutout innings, yeah. um, I think I think you're probably – I don't know. I say this. I think you're probably leaning on Hagen Smith, but at the same time, like it feels like, and and you can you can just sort of tell this from his press conference on Friday. But it seems like he's just more amped up coming out of the bullpen somehow. I don't know why it is, and maybe this is the reason that they decided to to uh, make this change in the first place. But um, you know, maybe maybe you do. Maybe you do go to Adcock or Morris or or one of these guys who's been giving you innings out of the pen and just hope to get three or four, you know, treat it like a, I say treat it like a midweek. I mean, you're throwing a more experienced reliever than a, than a freshman like Parker Coyle or Ben Bybee. But um, I mean, knowing what he can do out of the bullpen, I feel like you kind of want to take every opportunity to do that. And, you know, if that means a nine out save on, on Friday and, you know, whatever he can give you at the back end on, on Sunday, you can live with that. I mean, it, it feels like so far they haven't really landed on a closer, you know, like Dylan Carter, he picked up, uh, I think his second save of the year um, on Saturday. But matter of fact is like, he's, he's both of those, those saves have been nine outs. Like he's, he's having to, he's having to do a lot of work. And so it's not like a, he can come in and close all three games for us kind of deal. Right. He's, they don't have a ninth inning guy. And so I think it makes sense to maybe stretch Hagan out um, two different, two different times in a weekend, if you can do it. Yeah. And that's fair. I I think that you want to put your best guys in the best scenarios possible. And I think that they proved this weekend that that's what they're doing. It's just it's almost weird though to think about it. You you have your guy who's your ace in Hagen Smith, and you're like, okay, we're not gonna throw him on Friday. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna throw Hunter Holland on Friday. We're gonna throw Will McIntyre on Saturday, and then we're gonna start Cody Adcock on Sunday. You know, isn't that kind of weird? Just to think about it to say, okay, hey, this guy's our ace, but we're not gonna start him. You know, we're gonna have him the, have him in this bullpen role, and then we're gonna start a guy who hasn't started all year who's honestly struggled for the most part out of the bullpen. I was I wrote a story about Cody Adcock's performance on Sunday. I, I was looking through his stats. There was only two times where he hasn't given up runs this season, and I, I feel like both of those games, I'd have to double-check, but I think both of those games were, like, out of hand when he was throwing. And so um, I it was just – it was weird, but it's it's almost like these guys who get paid all this money to to figure this thing out they they figured it out and they did they made the right decision they make the right decisions i mean imagine that right like it's it's uh it's quite the concept um but yeah i mean it, of course it's easier for us to sit back here after a series sweep and say oh yeah yeah i mean that that absolutely paid off um but you know H- hagen smith showed you what he's capable out of the pen in uh, on a on a very very big stage in june of last year so you know, if if you feel like that's how to maximize his effectiveness, then do it. I mean, the like I said, you know, pitch count has been an issue for him. 
uh, as a starting pitcher this year, and he seemed to be much better about it uh, as a reliever in his two appearances so far. So, you know, if if they think that, you know, Sunday's Adcock showing was not a fluke, then I I don't I don't think they should move away from what they're doing. All right, we got to work our way to that Adcock showing. I don't know if we mentioned the final score from Friday, but it was seven to two in favor of Arkansas. So, for those who care yeah. about the final score, I mean um, Hunter, Hunter Holland and Hagen Smith shutting down that that vicious Auburn lineup we've been hearing about. Yep. Uh, going to Saturday, Arkansas gets the win nine to three. Will McIntyre. So, okay, two days in a row, Arkansas just using two pitchers. You get six out of the starter, three out of the reliever. That's impressive, man. This is a team. This is a team, Robert, that is without its ace entering the season. Jackson Wiggins, torn UCL, done. Tommy John, done. They're without Cody Frank, your bullpen ace, your your top bullpen arm, lat injury, done for the year. They're without their closer, Brady Tiger, strained UCL, five to six weeks. What are we at now? Three, I think. Four, three and a half? Um, Probably. Without him for the foreseeable future, and yet they use four pitchers to get two wins against Auburn. To get the series win against Auburn, four pitchers. Auburn, who all week we had heard about, you know, man, they can hit. And you know what? I don't think Dave Van Horn said a single thing about their pitching. And it 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 became clear why very quickly because, like I said, Auburn was very susceptible to the crooked number. He had the five spot in the in the fourth on Friday and then a two and a three and a four uh in in three different innings on Saturday. So I mean as as much as Auburn can hit, Arkansas can do it a lot better. And Arkansas can certainly pitch better than than Auburn. And I mean, yeah, using four pitchers and in eighteen innings going into Sunday, I mean that you know, we we talked about do do you start Hagen Smith uh in in a rubber match? If if they use more pitchers, they probably start Hagen Smith on Sunday, but they didn't. They didn't need to. Yeah, no, that's that's the thing is like they everything worked to perfection the first two days, Friday and Saturday. It went exactly as, as they wanted it to. You look at it; they started uh, on on Saturday with three runs in the bottom of the first. They played two more in the bottom of the second, uh, and then they went ahead and added four more in the bottom of the fifth. So. Kind of take us through the scoring, Robert. Yeah, um, the the three in the first, those those three run hits, they strike again. Kendall Diggs, man, that dude is a doubles machine. Uh, he he uh, sliced one in the in the left center field gap. Just such a pretty opposite field swing. Uh, you know, another another big storyline this year. Two out RBIs. There's three more of them right there. So right away, Will McIntyre is pitching with a lead. We we've heard it many a time from him. He loves 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 to do that. Um, McIntyre had had some trouble there in the second. Walked a couple, hit one to load the bases, nobody out. But he didn't give up any hits in the inning. He got a he got a couple of fielder's choices, almost a double play, and a, and a fly ball. Only only escapes with uh, with one run allowed. So that was big. And then the Hogs were able to to double down on it there in the second. Tavian Josenberger's got a new. New career high in home runs with three. I think that was his first from the right side this year. Um, Tavian Josenberger, who I, I think is probably very upset by the uh, by the basketball result this weekend. Uh, we we can we can talk about that in a minute. Um, hold on, then, hold on, hold on. 
talk about it. Uh, so you got I heard you guys talking in the press box about it. Why why I mean like I know he went to Kansas, but he's at Arkansas now. Right. He said his answer to the question about where do your allegiances lie was, you know, I just hope whoever wins makes it all the way. That like if he were a true hog, he'd be like Arkansas all the way, you know. I mean, I know he's playing for the Razorbacks, but I think I think he's still a Kansas basketball player. I don't know, man. <clears throat> I mean, from Kansas City. I mean, how how far from Lawrence is that? No, that's fine. That's fine that he grew up in Kansas City, but based off of what you just said, and I wasn't there, I didn't get the tone, uh, I didn't see his face, but based off of what you just said, it sounds like he was just being that. Like, I hope, I hope both teams have fun. You know? Yeah, but you go to Arkansas. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta show some allegiance. Also, like, how much basketball does Josenberger watch? We don't know that. I don't know. Okay. Anyways, uh, you can you can continue on. I just needed to stop you and ask about that. All right, that's fair. A uh, couple solo shots for McIntyre there. Bryson Ware took him deep a couple of times. Uh, if if you watched his press conference, he did, he said the wrong name, so don't listen to him there. Um, but again, no problem. Hey, that that is friend of the podcast, Will McIntyre. So imagine we can't, that. We can't talk bad about him. Imagine that. He comes on the Diamond Hogs podcast on Thursday. It airs Friday, and then Saturday he throws a quality start. Who who would have thunk? Not a single player that we've had on this year has been bad. We've never had a player on this done bad, right? No. I don't think. Here's the thing. Think about this. Just take this, take this with a grain of salt. He doesn't play for Arkansas anymore. Zach Gregory. Never came on the podcast, actually turned us down. And I look, I root for Zach Gregory. If you follow me on Twitter, I I root for Zach Gregory. But he turned us down his second half of the season and his postseason. I mean, you can go back and look at the stats. He had a rough go at it. Is that correlated to not coming on the Diamond Hawks podcast? I don't know. You we, we determine. Will leave, we will leave that to you, the listeners, to determine. Yes. All right, I interrupted you again. Go ahead, Robert. Hey, no, you're good. So, so I mean, they just bat around in the in the fifth. They they string walks and hits together once again. Five through nine, or excuse me, six through nine, each picking up an RBI in in the order. There, Kendall Diggs walked with the bases loaded. Harold Cole, another RBI for him. Hunter Grimes pinch hitting keeps his one thousand batting average alive with a little uh, little dribbler to first that. I don't know. I feel like that's got to be scored an error, honestly. But I am not. Uh, I am not the official scorer, so we we will not defer to me on that. And then John Bolton with a sack fly. John Bolton, who, by the way, uh, we have a we have a funeral to attend for his uh, on base streak uh, coming coming in Sunday's recap. That's tough. Um, I think what is John Bolton's OBP? Okay, never mind. I was gonna say. John Bolton and Zach Gregory, who I just talked about, are very similar baseball players. Um, I just I, I maybe they're not they don't have similar play styles. It just seems like there's similar things that go on with those two guys, right? Fans like to hate on them. Yeah. Fan, fans do like to hate on them, yes. Uh but I, I, I think it's a little too early to determine that. So I would agree. um the another thing I wanted to talk about with this Saturday game is the Josenberger uh, catch in center um, yeah. catch or or no catch it was ruled not a catch uh, 
Robert, what is your take on this? Because I I, I don't really know the rule for baseball. Like in football, you you have if you have possession for what? Excuse me, three steps. You're it's a catch, but in baseball, what is the rule? Uh, honestly, I couldn't tell you. I I didn't I didn't get a definitive answer on it. Uh, I'm looking. This was actually Friday rather than Saturday, um, and it did lead to a run. Oh, that was Friday's I, game. Yeah. Oh, okay. You're right. It was Friday's game. Yes. We didn't even talk about the Josenberger catch. I I know it, it's because the Razorbacks scored so many runs that it didn't end up mattering. But um, you know, an an interesting development that that we picked up on Sunday. Uh, after the game, Dave Van Horn seemed pretty convinced that. The, the replay that was shown on the video board before Auburn decided to challenge the, the catch ruling, uh, I, he, he seems to think that Auburn decided to challenge it because they saw it on the video board. So I, I don't know if we're going to be seeing replays of uh, close calls that were uh, in, in favor of the Razorbacks going forward at Baltimore Stadium. That's tough. At least in, at least in the press box, we have a, a TV with replay on it, so – Television is huge, man. It is. So I okay, I'm I'm sorry for messing up the day on the Josenberger catch. No, you're good. It's valid. It, it's it's a talking point that needed discussing. I it it was a heck of a play, regardless of if he hung onto the ball or not. I mean it, Oh yeah. Head it, head it, went into the wall. Like I, I thought I thought he like broke his nose. Seriously. I he, I asked him about the game. I was like, dude, you looked like you were in pain when you threw that ball. He's like, Yeah, I, I'm good. Yeah. Okay. Um yeah, I think that's. I think we're good on Saturday because we already kind of mentioned Dylan Carter coming on three innings. I mean, the big thing about Dylan Carter that we've talked about and it is, can he translate it from the non-conference to SEC play? And against Auburn, so far, only one series, only one outing, he has three Small innings. Sample size, survey says yes. Three scoreless innings, gave up one hit, didn't walk anybody, struck out three. And if it, if it weren't if it weren't for an uncharacteristic error on Peyton Stovall, uh, with two outs in the ninth, he would have he would have had a much shorter ninth inning too. So, uh, remind know. me, Robert, did we say that he could be the twenty twenty five Golden Spikes Award winner? I think we declared him the twenty twenty five Golden Spikes Award winner. The thing is, we've we've had that discussion with too many players. I I think we we saw like one game from Mason Neville in the fall, and we we immediately labeled him. But I think we've revoked that, and I don't know if we've decided on Carter. We should probably consult Christian, our our resident Dylan Carter enthusiast. Yes, Christian. Um, the thing is, if I called Christian right now, he would. Christian's never prepared. He like yeah. Christian is not somebody that you can call on the spot and need an answer from him. So. Uh, we will we will prepare him. We'll even write out a script for him so that he can have an answer to the questions that we ask him. Every time I ask Christian a question, he's like, "Uh, yeah, I didn't really have anything, but you know, I thought uh, I thought Jace Borfin had a good weekend at the plate. You know, <laughs> that's he, uh, that's Christian. He he and Cody Adcock both do that. We we got to talk to Cody Adcock for the first time on Sunday. He was like, yeah, you know, I didn't really think about that. And then he talks, he talks, and he finished his answer with, yeah, that was something I was thinking about. Yeah, that Cody Adcock, by the way, has never seen a box score in his life. <laughs> he, we, he, uh, he comes up to the, he comes up to the table uh, the, to, to do his, his postgame press conference. And he's like, what is this? And we're like, that's a box score. 
And he and goes, keep in mind, we're waiting forever because we're we, we're waiting on Jared Wagner to join him. He's like, don't start. I don't want to be the only one up here. Yeah, yeah. He he didn't want us to start. And he was like, whoa, this is so cool. Like, it has everything on here. And we we're like, yeah, that's what a box score is. It has all the stats and everything for you. And he was like, it even, it even has umpires on here. And, and we were like, yeah, it's got attendance. It's got weather. It's got first pitch time, all that. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that was, that was outstanding content and I don't want to, I don't want to rush to uh, conclusions here, but we're, we're hoping that he will be our next guest, by the way. Cody Adcock, a great talker, a great personality. Yeah. I hope that we can get him on. That was wild. I, I just want to talk box scores with him. I want to ask him if he's like, if he went home and Googled what a box score is, <laughs> if he's like, like looked at box scores and been like, Whoa. I, this is crazy. I've never seen this before. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, I guess that's a great transition into Sunday's game. Cody Adcock. I mean, what a start. I, for for a guy to figure out he's starting within 24 hours of of the game and, and to turn in that performance, I mean, what did he give up? Like two base runners the whole day? Had a walk in the second, uh, a single in the third that was erased by a double play? I mean, goodness gracious, this dude was just mowing him down. Faced one more than the minimum through six. Six scoreless, gave up one hit. Struck out six, walked one. Uh, another one of those answers where he said one thing and then meant another. He he said he had no idea that uh, that Hunter Holland and, and Will McIntyre had both gone six innings uh, and pitched quality starts. And then he was like, yeah, man, I was just trying to follow their lead. Yeah, it's like it, you weren't watching the first two games? Like – it, that and also he did mention like you know I was ready to come out of the pen on on Friday and Saturday so I I, I mean he was prepared you know this is a guy who started games at Crowder College last year he started a couple games at Ole Miss his freshman year two years ago one of them excuse me his last D1 start actually fun fact came against the Arkansas Razorbacks in the SEC tournament it was actually a good start for him went four and a third uh and so here he is again, six scoreless, faces one more than the minimum, gives up one hit, walks one, strikes out six. I mean, I, I don't know what else to say. It was a great outing from Cody Adcock. I None of us were expecting it in, in the press box. I mean, I, I, I can – I don't know who was expecting that. I don't think anybody – not even Dave Van Horn. Dave Van Horn was like, we'll be happy to get four out of him, you know? Yeah, I mean – that's that's not something you can plan for, and you just got to be thrilled when it comes. You know, I, I I find it hard to believe that he'll be able to replicate that next week against the number one team in the country. But you know, maybe it's worth throwing him out there just just in case. Like I said earlier, like it it worked awfully well this weekend. You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Agreed. And then the the big thing on Sunday offensively was Jared Wagner's 470-foot bomb. Absolute tank. Jared Wagner, period, tank, period, tank picture that I post on Twitter. I mean, what more can you say? The dude just obliterated that ball. Like, he's like, oh, yeah, I definitely think I got every piece of that ball. Pimped it. Yeah, Jared Jared Wagner, like the most like laid-back dude of like, yeah, I feel like I made good, made good contact, you know. Like, dude, you crushed it. That's 470 feet into the hog pen, man. Come on. 
apparently not quite as long as Matt Goodhart's home run from a Grand Canyon game in 2020. But I mean, goodness gracious, I have, I'm not sure I've seen a longer home home run like with my own eyes at the park. Friend of the podcast, Matt Goodhart. Actually, I lied. I, I probably was there for that Matt Goodhart home run, but you know, I, I certainly don't remember it. Yeah. Um. Anyways. Yeah, Jared Wagner, his home run, three-run bomb in the bottom of the third. It was all Arkansas needed. They added two more in the bottom of the fourth, but Auburn didn't score a run. Hey, guess guess how many outs there were on that home run, by the way? Two. Arkansas, two. great two-out hitting team. Yeah, and and they were uh, they were prepared to, to pour it on there in the fourth. Got four straight hits, including a two-run knock by Harold Cole. Um and then Auburn decides to bring their best pitcher of the bullpen out and uh, gets a, what, a double play, and then uh, Parker Rollins picked off second base. So, like, what did Dave Van Horn say? That was the most disappointing part of the weekend is that they didn't pour it on there. I mean, I was I was prepared for a run rule victory. I was like I, – I had a version of my story written. I was like, you know, this, this, this 470-foot missile, like, just gave way to a barrage of runs, which only two more came after that, but – um, that was that was very impressive for Will Cannon to come out of the bullpen for Auburn throw four and two thirds scoreless in relief. Maybe they should have started that guy because they had a Auburn had a TBA on Sunday as well. Yeah, no, I I think that the 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 big thing and we talked about this before we started recording. No runs scored in any game from the sixth, seventh, no 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 the seventh, eighth, and ninth innings of each game. No runs scored from either team. Either team. So, you know, take that. I mean, I don't really think there's anything to take away from that because every single game, Arkansas basically, I mean, you know, five runs on Sunday, Auburn could have made a comeback. But you look at it, Austin Ledbetter comes in, throws a couple of good innings. Gagewood comes in, doesn't have it. How many times have we seen that, by the way? Gagewood comes in, doesn't have it, and very short leash. He's a, he's a very Jekyll and Hyde kind of guy, you know. Um, yeah. You know, we he's got that velocity. If he can command it and, uh, you know, not not hang it over the heart of the plate, then, well, I guess I guess contact wasn't really the issue today. He walked better, he hit it better, and that was that. Turn to your wild card. Um, but yeah, I mean, Austin led better too. Is he is he all the way back? Because it feels like he's had a string of good starts here, or here, not starts, but appearances. Here's the thing, Robert. We are in great shape for the uh, the script to play out. Yeah, twenty three and twenty four is golden covered, man. Yeah, like you have the Will McIntyre, he's back. Like that, it's very much possible, but he would have to average like fifteen strikeouts a game from here until the end of the season, <laughs> which I I just don't see happening. It could happen though. Uh, then you have Austin Ledbetter winning it next year, and then Dylan Carter. Dylan Carter is in perfect position to have a Kevin Copps like year in 2025. So absolutely. All right. You, you know who, you know who actually might win the golden spikes this year is Paul Skeens, who we're about to see on Friday. Oh my gosh. Whatever, dude. Um, I'm very excited about this, man. People are calling him the next Steven Strasburg. Okay. Here's the thing, Robert. We're not, we're not talking about LSU yet. We do have to talk about another highly ranked SEC team. But we will get to that after weekend MVPs. Robert, your weekend MVP at the plate. I'm on. I'm on deck first, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 
I gotta I gotta have the stat sheet load here. Here we go. Here we go. Nice. Weekend MVP at the plate. Hmm. Let's see. I feel like I feel like Tavian Josenberg is a pretty good choice. Josenberg. Yeah. He 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 went four seventeen at the plate. That's the best on the team. Five hits led the team. Five hundred OBP. So I mean, he was uh, he was truly living up to the uh, to the Moneyball guy status, right? Uh, OPS at twelve fifty at the top there. Let's see. The guy just gets on base, right? The guy just gets on base, and that's exactly what you need um, with with a lineup that you know can drive in runs. Yeah. Damian Josenberger, there you go, weekend MVP. All right. I'm going to go with Jared Wagner. He had four hits on the weekend, drove in four runs. Three of them came on one hit. I had a pair of walks, and he hit a ball 470 feet. 470 feet. That is your weekend MVP of the plate, folks. Nobody in that, nobody in that ballpark other than Jared Wagner is going to hit a ball 470 feet. You're not, maybe Brady Slavens. Maybe. Jared Wagner has man strength. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and uh pick my MVP on the mound. Do it. I'm gonna take uh Cody Adcock. Cody Adcock. I mean, what else can what else more can we say? You know, six innings, scoreless, one hit, face one more than the minimum, six strikeouts. Cody Adcock, your weekend MVP on the mound. Yep, that's a good choice. I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the wild card, Hank Smith. The think, wild uh, card. We I, just, that's a fun title, isn't it? It is the wild card. I, I've I've caught myself a couple times in this specific episode saying the wild card and not Hagen Smith. You know, are we just calling him the wild card? I mean, it, it came straight straight from Dave Van Horn's mouth, so I I think it's fair. All right. I, Listen, I I wrote I wrote his name twice in in three stories this weekend, and I referred to him as a wild card in both. So, <laughs> the wild uh, I I think I think it's a valid title, and I I think he absolutely lived up to it this weekend. You know, he he finished off a, a game, uh, Kevin Cop style with a with a nine out save on on uh, Friday, and you know, I mean, I don't I don't know if he has the durability of Kevin Cops to to re- reciprocate that on on Sunday with with three more innings, but. Uh, I I think if it were a closer game and they felt like they needed to rely on on a veteran guy, Hagen Smith would have would have gotten the call for the seventh inning. So, um, you know, you when 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 things got the closest they did to falling apart on Sunday, and Gage Wood gave up a couple of base runners, who did they turn to? Hagen Smith, just because he's the weekend MVP. All right, weekend MVPs wrapped up. Time to get to the good stuff. The good stuff. Hold on, I want to pull up the D one baseball rankings real quick before. Hey, before... To, to, to be fair, this uh, this this SEC standings is is a staple of our Sunday episodes, so it's not like we're exclusively spewing Tennessee hate. Yeah, but we haven't done it in a minute. Well, because there hasn't been SEC baseball since last season. That that is true. NCAA baseball rankings. Here we go. D one baseball rankings. Okay. By the way, by the time you're listening to this, Arkansas could very well be a top five team. I think Arkansas will be a top five team because if you look at it, I believe the top or the the number two and the number three team got swept this weekend. Yeah, 
That's that right. I, I forgot about Tennessee. We were having this discussion before the doubleheader on Sunday, but yeah, two Tennessee and three Ole Miss got swept. Yeah, Ole Miss swept by Vandy and the big, the biggin, the biggin. Number two Tennessee swept by Missouri. Missouri, folks, the Missouri Tigers. Yes, that is correct. The Missouri Tigers, the poverty baseball program of the University of Missouri swept the Tennessee Volunteers. And here's the thing, Robert. Here's the thing. First of all, they they outscored them 23 to 6 on the weekend. 23 to 6. Not only did Tony Vitello get thrown out of game 2, they had to play the doubleheader on Sunday. I mean, Missouri scored 7 runs in each game, outscored them 14 to 5. They won 9 to 1 on Friday. And here's the other thing. Don't do not interrupt me. Here's the other thing. Tennessee can't even make the excuse that they are playing on a turf field at Missouri because Tennessee plays on a turf field. They are, that is an embarrassment to college baseball. It's an embarrassment to the SEC, and it's an, it's just an overall embarrassment to the sport of baseball. I, we, we need to consider when talking about the Missouri average seven runs, they didn't play four innings either, right? Wasn't it, wasn't it a seven-inning doubleheader? Yes, they scored. They averaged a, a run per inning in both games on Sunday. Embarrassing, Tennessee. Are you kidding me? You want to talk? You want to talk the talk? You need to be able to walk the walk. You cannot talk like you're a powerhouse baseball pro- program. I'll tell you what. There's no chance, no chance whatsoever that the Arkansas Razorbacks, led by head coach Dave Van Horn, ever gets swept at Missouri. That will never happen. Never. Also worth I, mentioning, also worth mentioning, former hog Dylan Leach went yard in the first game on Sunday. Shout out Dylan Leach. I hope I hope everybody realizes what an all-time rant we just got from Mason Choate right there. I just all all these Tennessee fans, all these Tennessee fans, they want they want to get in my mentions and they want to talk about how Tennessee Tennessee is a, a baseball powerhouse. Tennessee's way better than Arkansas. Arkansas rent free. Tennessee lives rent free in Arkansas's head. All I'm saying is, who predicted that Notre Dame was going to beat Tennessee in the Super Regionals? Hmm. Hmm. That guy over there. Who who put their money where their mouth is with that prediction? Cashed in. Cashed in on it. So there you go. lock of the I, century. I, I would like to offer one thing here, and you you may you may not like it, but you were you were there in in Arlington with me, and so I'm not sure you can dispute this. This Missouri team doesn't suck like it normally sucks. Um, no, I don't think they do. But here's the thing. I'm I'm looking at their schedule right now. They're 16 and three. Wow, they're going to be ranked. They're. they're, they're Bare minimum, Missouri's getting to Hoover this year. Uh, yeah, they're they're gonna make it to Hoover. I, they're sixteen and three. They would have to like lose every series from now on. Listen, uh, that's a step up for them. Okay, it's been a while since they've been to Hoover. It has been. Hey, that's a cool. They got a cool midweek coming up on Wednesday. They're playing at Kauffman Stadium against Kansas. Wow, that's cool. That is cool. Um, what's even more cool is that they swept Tennessee, though. <laughs> I, 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 what I'm saying is. Is that no matter how good of a baseball team Missouri might be this year, there is no 
chance that the Arkansas Razorbacks get swept by the Missouri Tigers, no matter where the game is played, no matter where the series is played, no chance that will never happen in the history of baseball. I guarantee it. I personally guarantee it right now. Arkansas will never, ever, ever get swept by the Missouri Tigers. Tennessee, an embarrassment to the sport. It was right. here's the thing. They didn't even make it competitive, Robert. <laughs> I mean, like, it wasn't even fun to watch. You know, like when you watch a game and you, you want it to be fun to watch and you want to enjoy them getting beat, you can't even enjoy it when they're not even like good. Not even I don't know, man. I just it's disappointing. As a college it's, it's, baseball fan, it is disappointing. Sure, sure. This is uh right. this has been an all time edition of the anti Diamond Vols podcast. <laughs> yes. Now, sh- shall we shall we move on to the rest of the SEC? Yeah, let's do it real quick though. I don't have much time. All right, I don't either. Uh interesting that there were five sweeps in the conference this week. Arkansas had one of them. Arkansas was the only team in the West to sweep another team. Uh South Carolina, Kentucky, Missouri, and Vanderbilt picking up sweeps over in the east. Florida taking two out of three from uh what Alabama and LSU was actually not one of the teams that swept. They took two out of three for Texas AM. Oh, AM got the win on Sunday. They sure did. Wow. Hey, that's I, huge. It, that's momentum for Arkansas going into Friday. We will we will get to this on the next episode and hopefully we've got an LSU beat writer to, to tell us more about it. But I I really think that once you get past Paul Skeens on Friday, the, the series is there for the taking. If you can you can just win games Saturday and Sunday. Paul Skeens, what could have been, man? What could have been? You had him on campus, took him to Doe's. Don't take him to Doe's, man. Wrong place. Wrong place. But but if we ever need a, a sponsorship from Doe's, you didn't hear that from me. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else? Uh, I'm I'm good. Thanks thanks for tuning in as always, and uh, go ahead and finish the sign off. This is not my job. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, thank you for listening to the Diamond Hogs podcast. Uh, we will have an episode out on Friday previewing the series against number one LSU. I'm assuming they will still be number one in the rankings. Uh, hopefully it's a top five matchup, and uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. It's going to be exciting. We'll talk to everybody on Friday. Uh, there is a midweek game. We we should mention this. The weather is uh, – it might be bad. Dave Van Horn kind of seemed almost like they didn't really even want to play it. A midweek game against Southeast Missouri State on Tuesday – Schedule fighting Trevor Ezels. Fighting Trevor Ezels, yes. Uh, first pitch slated for 3 p.m., but potentially won't play that game. But if they do, SEC Network Plus will have you covered at hogbeat.com, H A W G B E A T.com. We'll talk to everybody on Friday on the Diamond Hogs Podcast. You've been listening to the Diamond Hogs Podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Chote Mason and at DRStew32.